This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 126 of the On The Banks Podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thanks so much for joining us once again here as the first week of February uh, is here, believe it or not, flying right along as the winter sports are Rapidly approaching uh, the stretch run of their seasons. Uh, just to recap a few things. First, uh, Rutgers men's basketball uh, stole a victory away from Nebraska. A much needed win on the road. Second road win of the season in Big Ten play for Rutgers men's basketball as they defeated Nebraska on Saturday night, 63-61. Uh, and the team, you know, after really being outplayed, uh, probably I'd say 38 minutes of the game, we're able to come through and, uh, you know, Ron Harper Jr., Geo Baker, Paul Mulcahy with a, a huge offensive rebound and put back uh, to, to give Rutgers the lead. And then just the, the inspired bench play of Mawat Mag, uh, 13.7 rebounds. You know, I think as as we look back on this season now and, and, and after March is over, you always hate to look at injuries as a what if. Um, and obviously, Geo Baker was hurt there um, at the beginning of the season um, and, and was absent for a couple key losses uh, that Rutgers uh, incurred in non-conference play. But for me, the big what if is, is Mawat Mag. And if he had stayed healthy once he started uh, getting a little bit of momentum uh, in December, obviously the last month, he hasn't really produced much. Um, having several injuries, including the the dental issues and, and, and getting some teeth knocked out, a, a recurring issue he's dealt with over the years. Um, but really, I think you saw what he can bring to this team on Saturday night. On, I believe, what can be a consistent basis moving forward. And I think that is a really exciting prospect for this team. The bench play has been a little bit of spora- uh, sporadic throughout this season. Andre Hyatt has had um, had some moments, Dean Reber as well. But Moat Mag, in, in my opinion, is, is, a, is a player that can really make a huge impact and be a difference maker for this team moving forward, both defensively. Um, the job he did on Bryce McGowan's um, 0 for 4 down the stretch. He had, you know, 29 points, but he missed his last four shots with Mag on him. Um, and really, uh, I think the confidence that he injected in his teammates, uh, Steve Peichel talked about after the game, um, but also just his ability. I mean, he had a knockdown three on the closing minutes of that game. And his confidence level to me is really uh, what jumps out. I, I think, uh, like I said, n- not only for this season, but I think his potential, you know, moving forward this season and beyond is is really intriguing. And I think an example of a player that is obviously developing under this coaching staff. Huge week ahead for Rutgers men's basketball. They, they stay on the road. They, they play at Northwestern on Tuesday, a team that I believe is better than their record and uh, is not going to be an easy game whatsoever. And then he return home for a critical two-game home stretch. You play Michigan State at home on Saturday, followed by Ohio State the following Wednesday. So these next three games are huge opportunities for Rutgers. And although they've started their, their second best start in Big Ten play since joining the league eight years ago at six and four, really critical that they get at least two of the next three to stay in um, any type of postseason conversation. So um, we'll see what happens there. And we'll have obviously continued coverage at on the banks. Women's basketball lost a, a, another tough one this past weekend after having an early lead against Michigan State. They remain winless. Wrestling had the weekend off, uh, and they'll be back this week. They host a Ryder on Thursday and then Ohio State on Sunday. So two huge matches for them. They've had a, you know, a disappointing weekend the week before, losses at Michigan State and uh, Michigan. You know, It's hard to believe that February is going to go pretty quick for the wrestling program before you know it big 10 championships will be here so you know still a a ton of talent on this roster and 
Um, I think, you know, a lot of potential for this team to perform really well in the postseason. Some football news that happened in the last few days. Uh, big addition uh, in the wide receiver core. Syracuse receiver Taj Harris transferred to Rutgers, made the announcement towards the end of last week. Uh, you know, uh, playmaker was a difference maker at Syracuse. Uh, was a leading receiver for a time. And, uh, you know, New Jersey native coming back home. Sean Ryan from um, West Virginia had already transferred to Rutgers. And I think now with Taj Harris, I think he's probably your candidate for the number one role. But I think between the two of them, and then hopefully with with Aaron Cruikshank uh, can return to health. You know, you have some pieces there. Shameen Jones is back. Isaiah Washington is back. Um, all of a sudden, the receiving core is, is, I think, a lot more intriguing than it was a month ago. Uh, and that leads us to our next point. Tyquan Underwood, receiving coach, last two years, obviously starred as a player here at Rutgers, uh, holds the program record for most receiving yards in the game, was a, a all-Big East player, one of the best receivers in program history. And it was reported by Pete Thamel of ESPN on Sunday that he was on the move and leaving to become the wide receivers coach at Pitt. You know, I think uh, obviously there's lots of questions in, in terms of uh, who will replace him, you know, and, and uh, reasons for his departure. I think at the end of the day, you know, it just is a reminder that this is a business and, you know, he's got to do what's best for him and his family. Uh, and to be honest, you know, I hate to criticize records. Because I just laugh at when people, you know, the way we view ourselves sometimes is not uh, accurate in terms of how, how it is in the world. And, you know, people scoffing at why he would leave Rutgers for Pitt. You know, listen, Rutgers is obviously on the rise with Greg Schiano. We're in the Big Ten. Um, but Pitt just won the ACC title. And uh, they have the, the reigning uh, Bolitnikoff Award uh, winner back next season uh, that Underwood's going to be able to coach. So, um, you know, listen, there's uh, the grass isn't always greener. And who knows how this move will work out for him. But I think all you can do is be happy for him and look forward to who Greg Schiano is going to replace him with next. And I think that should be really interesting. But I think as a whole, um, you know, two assistant coaching spots still remaining. Um, the moves that Schiano has made, this is certainly a, a very compelling offseason so far and obviously a critical one in terms of this program making progress in year three next season for uh, Rutgers and uh, will obviously continue to monitor any moves, both uh, uh, with articles that on the banks, but here in this podcast throughout the winter. Um, but for today, believe it or not, spring sports are on the horizon. And the first spring sport to, to get going um, in this weekend, believe it or not, is uh, men's lacrosse. Rutgers men's lacrosse hosts LIU on Saturday afternoon at SHI Stadium. Uh, at 1 p.m. And uh, quickly, uh, they, they play three games in a week. They then host Marist on Wednesday, February 9th. And then they travel to St. John's on February 12th. An intriguing roster. Uh, 15 key returners are back. Seven key transfers coming in. Uh, coming off unprecedented success last season. A program best sec second place finish in the Big Ten. Uh, they finished, uh, excuse me, they uh, won the program's first NCAA tournament game since 1990. And uh, lost a heartbreaker in overtime to North Carolina. One goal away from the Final Four. Brian Brecht, head coach, back for his 11th season. And he'll be here once again to talk to us about this team and preview the season ahead. And he joins us in now. It's my pleasure once again to welcome back head coach Brian Brecht of Rutgers Men's Lacrosse. Coming off the most successful season of his tenure and one of the most successful seasons in Rutgers program history. Coach Brecht, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate your time. My, my pleasure, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So obviously coming off the success that you did last season, um, making the uh, NCAA uh, tournament quarterfinals, one goal essentially from the program's first ever Final Four. How has this offseason been, both in terms of 
the reception of having that type of success and also the challenge of rebuilding and moving forward this year coming forward? You know, I think it's it's great for uh, our alumni, uh, our university, uh, obviously the the players in the locker room who uh, put a lot of, you know, uh, hard work and uh, effort and sacrifice and were very, uh, you know, motivated and disciplined uh, last year with everything going on to, you know, have the success that they had on the field. And, you know, um, you know, right now it's, uh, you know, just a product of, uh, you know, uh, you know, being sharp and, and focused uh, for practices and, and, and getting better. And I, I think uh, we got a great senior class. We got some great leadership and, and talented players who we returned from the experience last year. So um, I, I did think the, the fall went well for us and uh, I thought we got better uh, in a lot of aspects. And I thought we grew as a program and uh, it's nice to kind of, welcome some new guys and, and have the culture of our locker room kind of accept them and welcome them and get them into the fabric of our system uh, so easily as they do. Uh, but now it's, uh, you know, the preseason's winding down and uh, game week is, uh, is, is upon us and you know, we just uh, can't be complacent. You know, we gotta, we gotta prepare uh, and take advantage of each practice, each meeting we have and each opportunity to, to get better as we uh, go through the month of February and, uh, and through March and April and, and hopefully allow ourselves uh, you know, to play in the month of May. So wanted to uh, dive into the roster. Obviously, the biggest, uh, I, I think, returnee that you have coming back is Colin Kirst in goal after the All-American season he had. Averaged almost 14 saves per game. Had some re- really uh, unbelievable moments last season. How important is his return? And, and what does he bring to, to the defense, obviously, but also to the team overall with his leadership? Yeah, no, that, that's a, a great, you know, uh, you know, shot in the arm, and uh, you know, I'd say a surprise, and uh, and just a, a confidence boost to uh, to our program. You know, he was you know dynamic in the goal, uh, making saves, being a leader, the communication that he provides our defense, and you know, uh, you know, uh, very you know happy with the the defense as a as a unit. You know, having a uh, having our close guys. You know, Jared Jean Felix, who is an All American, and Ethan Rowell, who's an All American. You know, obviously. Uh, Bobby Russo, uh, you know, we, we think is at that same you know, high level uh, with his leadership, character, work ethic, you know, the rope unit all returns. So, uh, you know, we have a great senior laden, uh, you know, defensive unit and uh, having Colin, uh, you know, stir to drink a little bit um, between the pipes and starting the transition for the offense and, and just uh, his, his leadership, his presence in the locker room on the field. Um, you know, last year was outstanding and it, it continues to be at, at a high level uh, this year as well. Well, and obviously you did, uh, you know, uh, have some some key losses, your, your top three scores and, and really two of the best players in program history and, and Adam Chernobides, uh, Kieran Mullins, as well as Connor Curse. But you, you really have uh, looking at the roster. I mean, I count, I think, 15 key players that, that really contributed last year that are back and specifically on offense, you know, with David Sprock, Shane Knobloch and, and Ross Scott. What kind of opportunity do they have to really step up and take things to the next level this year? Yeah, I think, you know, I give a lot of credit to, you know, Mullen, Charlambides, and Kirsten, what they were able to, you know, uh, you know, help our program do last year, uh, you know, with the NCAA berth and a first-round tournament game win. And uh, that's a lot of points to, you know, to have to, you know, replace. You know, all three of them were All-Americans, and all three were all Big Ten performers uh, throughout their career. So, you know, like you said, you know, uh, you know, starting with uh, two returning All-Americans in, in Sprock and Knobloch, and, and uh, Ross Scott, who, uh, you know, really was uh, on the field early as a freshman. He was a, a player that we needed to get on the field for us offensively. And, and I think uh, this year, maybe returning to his natural attack position, uh, 
uh, will, will help him uh, and also help us with all the experience he's had over the last two years being on the field with uh, with those guys and 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 really learning from Shalambides and and Mullins, uh, you know, and they they did a great job of taking him under their wing the last couple of years. So uh, I can see it in practices already. You know, uh, he's more vocal. He's uh, you know he's become uh, a leader for our offensive guys, and and uh, I, I think uh, you know uh, the transition for him will be seamless. And how important is it to have that continuity that you have in the midfield? Obviously, uh, you mentioned Ethan Raw, long sticker. And then you have all four short stick midfielders back with Cam, uh, Brendan Kamish, Tommy Coyne, Cole Daniger, and Zach uh, Frankowick. Uh, how important is it to have that type of continuity in the middle of the field? It, there's no doubt, you know, uh, having uh, that whole rope unit, you know, from, uh, you know, Brendan Kamish to Coyne to Daniger to Frank Um, You know, you mentioned uh, Sprock and uh, Knobloch earlier. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Mike Sanguinetti's back for us for a fifth year. And uh, you, you throw in Andrew and Justin Kim. Um, you know, we have a, a number of uh, returning players, um, you know, uh, you know, on the offensive end, you know, the Eric Savetti's and, you know, Nick Tereski's and uh, Jack Amon that are really, you know, improving and, and growing within our program. You know, and I, I said it a, a little earlier is that uh, I know, the, you know, the fall is tough sometimes, uh, you know, uh, in the preseason as well. But, you know, now when you start to see the, the, ski, the season in front of you with some games that matter. Um, I just hope that our focus and, um, you know, uh, our consistent level of play uh, in, in practices and drills, um, you know, I, I don't want to get complacent. I don't want to, you know, ever, uh, you know, have the, you know, hey, you know, I'm a game day guy, you know, when, the, uh, when, when it's game day, I'll turn it on. You know, it's not a switch. You know, we got to be consistently focused, sharp and uh, practicing at a high level all the time. So on game day, it's like the back of our hand. We, we understand we drill at a, at a high level. We practice at a high level. We play games at a high level. And, uh, and that's what I'm hoping for uh, as we finish up uh, the, you know, the preseason and, uh, and head into the, the first week of the season. And obviously, you know, talking about continuing urgency, despite all the returners you have back, you, you really uh, were very aggressive in the transfer portal this offseason, bringing in seven very experienced players. Just wanted to ask about um, potential impact and kind of expectations. Uh, guys like, you know, Brad Agbar, uh, Mitch Bartolo, uh, former team captain at Penn, uh, Brian Cameron, who played against you played against in the, the quarterfinals at North Carolina, and, and just the experience that you brought in with these transfers. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, we, we lost a lot of talented players uh, uh, to graduation last year. Uh, you know, the three attackmen that everyone knows about, but you know, Garrett Bullitt was a four-year starter for us and a captain and, and um, you know, uh, a number of, uh, of guys that have been a big part of Rutgers across over the last, you know, couple of years. And, you know, very fortunate that, uh, you know, uh, Rutgers University, you know, especially with the School of Business, you know, being so highly sought after, um, you know, being able to attract some very high-level, you know, students and players to our business school to, you know, earn a master's in their fifth year uh, when, uh, when they weren't able to, you know, continue at the at their school that they were at. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to the all the addition uh, of the transfers uh, to make an impact. They already have. All of them have been you know difference makers in practice in the locker room. Uh, you mentioned a few of them. You know, Brad Apcar is going to be a big part of our defense, and and um, you know, Mitch and uh, and and Brian Cameron uh, certainly on the offensive end. Ronan Jacoby's you know had a had a, a great fall in preseason for us. So, um, you know. Uh, Sam Steffen is going to, you know, uh, you know, help Michael Ott and, and uh, John DeHenio, uh, you know, at the face off X and, 
And I think uh, Toby Birddorf has been great in the goal. You know, we've got some, you know, the, the senior leadership across the board um, on the defensive end and then having, you know, three senior uh, goalies, you know, with uh, Russo and Birddorf and Kirst. I mean, our, our drills are competitive uh, on the defensive end. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, we're getting a, a lot of mentoring from those guys' experience, you know, to the younger guys, both offensively and defensively, um, you know, in the locker room so far. So we just need that to continue. We can't, uh, we can't ever take a, a day off and, uh, you know, we can't take anything for granted, in my opinion. You know, we're, you know, we're, a, we're a good team. I, I love these guys. I, I think uh, uh, they've done a great job. I just, you know, want the consistency and the focus is certainly uh, something from day one as we head into February all through the season, you know, from, from the last game of the year. Uh, if we can uh, master and, and tackle that, uh, I, I think this team will be fun to watch. And talking about, you know, keeping that consistency, how much does it help having that internal competition, you know, talking about the, the transfers you brought in? And, I mean, you have Bergdorf, who started two years of Providence as your backup. You know, how important is it to have that type of high-level competition in practice day in and day out to be able to stay sharp and, and, and get ready for this season? I think that that's what started last year, to be honest with you, and, uh, you know, continued into the fall and now the preseason. So um, I, I do think the, you know, the drills are very competitive and, uh, and practices have uh, become a lot more competitive because of, of just the, uh, the level of players uh, and, the, and the depth uh, that we've been able to you know, grow over the years. And, and I think, and that's, the, that's, you know, when I talk about the consistency, you know, I, I look at it over, uh, you know, broadly, uh, you know, as an overview, uh, you know, I know there's some days that, you know, Coach Ryan comes off the field uh, feeling really good uh, about uh, the defensive performance. And then, you know, there's other days where, you know, Coach Sermit and the offensive guys, you know, maybe have gotten the better of them. So uh, uh, it, there's always going to be a little shift in the, and a balance of power. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I think we always want to grow collectively as a, as a, as a group and as a team. And, uh, you know, the field might be slanted one day, get a couple guys out, you know, uh, for a few practices, you know, you know, maybe it's slanted in one direction and you get those guys back. And then all of a sudden it's a wake up call because, uh, the sense of urgency and the, the level of punch, uh, you know, is, uh, is a little different than, than maybe the last couple of days that, uh, you practice and drilled previously. So, um, you know, it's just a, a matter of consistently, you know, you know, staying at a high level, you know, both offensively, defensively, and with the specialties, you know, I think that's the, the big thing uh, in the early season is, is making sure the, the game like reps, you know, the subbing, you know, the transition, uh, you know, uh, the onsides, the riding, the clearing, you know, some of the things that, you know, maybe you can't replicate without a different color jersey and, um, and officials out there, um, you know, uh, that we have to, you know, make the most of. And, you know, we had a, a great opportunity to, to do that a little bit last week or two weeks ago, uh, and we'll have an opportunity today. Uh, before getting ready for the start of the season. So uh, we got to make the most of them. I did want to ask about uh, face-offs. Um, I, I thought that John DeHenio played really well in the NCAA tournament and uh, and won some key, key face-offs for you. And you, you've talked in the past about it's not just statistics with face-offs, but, you know, winning ground balls and things like that. H how do you feel about that position and adding Sam Steffen and, and kind of what do you expect from that spot this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, I see the numbers and, uh, you know, when you're under 50%, you always want to, you know, get, uh, you know, get north of the Mason-Dixon line and, uh, you know, help, uh, you know, take a little pressure off the defense and give your offense uh, a, more, a few more opportunities. But, you know, uh, I think John has, has grown with his experience uh, with his first year with us last year. Um, you know, he, he does more than just face off. You know, we talk about it all the time. You know, he's a, he's a lacrosse player. He's an athlete. 
and uh, and he can uh, certainly uh, you know score goals. He can he can initiate and uh, you know play within the offensive flow. Uh, he's great on ground balls, and uh, and and I think the year under his belt and the competition now that he has uh, with that whole face-off unit competing every day in practice is only going to make us and and him individually uh, a little better uh, with his second year with us here on the banks. And just shifting gears a little bit, obviously last season was uh, unique uh, with COVID and uh, it was a Big Ten only regular season uh, playing each uh, Big Ten member twice this year. You're back to a non-conference schedule. I guess my I wanted to ask, you know, have you changed your approach with the non-conference schedule having that year off and maybe seeing the benefit from the, the conference only play? Or is it more of just kind of continuing to have, I know you've always scheduled really competitively non-conference. Um, I, I guess, it, how is your philosophy now going into this season with the schedule? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, playing a Big Ten conference only schedule last year, uh, you know, not by choice, just with the circumstances uh, surrounding the world. Uh, it was a gauntlet, you know, to go, you know, to play uh, uh, all those teams twice is, is, is a tough task. And I thought our guys you know, handled it extremely well and uh, very proud of them. And uh, I think the, the non-conference games, the scrimmages, the way we practice and, and do some things uh, in our program, it's all for having success in the conference and, and uh, allowing us to, you know, compete for a Big Ten championship and, and uh, have a body of work at the end of the year to, to play in the postseason. So, um, you know, right off the bat, you know, um, you know, we got, you know, three games in the first week, which is going to challenge us. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, three top 10 teams that are on our schedule. I think all the, you know, big 10 teams are either ranked in the top 20 or receiving votes. And, um, you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, our non-conference schedule uh, that we've uh, had, the traditional rivalries, you know, uh, here uh, that Rutgers has had over the years and, and some of the new ones that have formed, you know, are definitely going to test us and uh, give us the experience that we need as we go into, uh, you know, the second half of the season in, in, in the conference, but also, you know, hopefully preparing us for the postseason, which is uh, the ultimate goal. And I wanted to give you credit. I, you, you know, you've, you've consistently played Princeton year after year after year. Obviously, Rutgers and, and Princeton played each other before your tenure. Um, but how important is that rivalry to you and, and, and this program and just for the state of New Jersey? I think it's great for New Jersey having two prominent programs, uh, you know, here for all the youth and the high school and the fans of lacrosse to, to come out and see, you know, every year. Uh, I think for uh, for our alumni base, you know, that's something that uh, uh, is a longstanding rivalry and uh, the, you know, geographical distance and uh, the, 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 you know, I think uh, having, uh, you know, the person who uh, had started lacrosse here at Rutgers and, and, and started lacrosse at Princeton and having the Tots Maestro Cup, you know, for the for the game each year, uh, you know, gives it a, a little, you know, a little more special, um, you know, added uh, aspect of the, of the game, not just the natural rivalry and, and uh, you know, the private versus the public school uh, here in New Jersey. I just think uh, there's a lot of things that uh, uh, are exciting about that game. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're looking forward to that one, just like everyone else, but one, one, one practice at a time. And, uh, you know, one game at a time. So uh, we'll, we'll get to the Tigers, uh, you know, in March. But right now we got to we have a you know, we have an opportunity to get better today and this week in our practices. And and, um, you know, we're focused on, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, growing as a program. It's for the last couple of weeks in the preseason, uh, the focus has been on you know, getting Rutgers better and uh, and understanding our plan and making sure we do the things that, you know, we plan to do and we communicate doing, you know, to the highest level. And uh, I think we got to do that first before we uh, can look at any other team on our schedule. Uh, we'll get ready for them when the time comes. 
and getting ready for the season opener uh, this coming weekend. Obviously, you had a flip-flop a little bit this weekend with uh, the snow, UMass uh, exhibition scrimmage not happening. Now, uh, you know, on the fly, you're playing Villanova on Monday uh, afternoon. Has going through COVID the last year plus almost helped in terms of adaptability and being able to adjust things on the fly? And has that made you, I guess, better as a coach and being able to handle that type of adversity and and, and change? Well, it, it certainly, uh, you know, makes the mantra, you know, next man up, you know, more prevalent. And uh, when your number's called to be available. So uh, because, uh, you know, with COVID, you never know. And then, you know, it's the same thing with injuries. You know, you play a contact sport. Um, you know, you know, that's why I think, uh, you know, uh, our coaching staff, you know, Coach Ryan and Coach Saramic, Coach Dolan, they do a great job of uh, being able to prepare our guys uh, from drills to, you know, uh, a daily practice. And as we go through the week of preparing everybody for all situations. And uh, I, I think we pride ourselves on, you know, being able to plug and play and uh, uh, making sure that everyone knows what's going on, not just the starters, uh, because you never know. Um, you know, you can only control the controllable. So we can't control the weather. And, um, you know, certainly, uh, um, you know, you know, the weather, you know, prevented us from playing this weekend. But, you know, we can control, you know, how much we, uh, you know, put into our stick work and shooting, how much we put into our film work, you know, how much we, uh, you know, listen and uh, pay attention to the coaches and, and understand our responsibilities in different situations. So uh, we control that and uh, we get better at it each day. Um, you know, uh, we're in a good spot uh, when we see whatever color jersey uh, pops up uh, on, on the schedule for, uh, for that game uh, at that time. And how excited are you and the team for uh, being able to play in front of fans again this season? Obviously, last season, a little bit different uh, with the COVID restrictions. And, and, and this year, um, you know, being back at, at, at SHI Stadium with hopefully, you know, a, a really good turnout, uh, especially for, for all your home games this year. Yeah, I, I think it's great for the players, you know, uh, you know, they, they sacrifice an awful lot. You know, like I said, last year, the commitment, the, the sense of urgency, the discipline, the sacrifice. And it's the same thing this year. You know, guys are working hard all year round uh, in the offseason, now in the preseason. So uh, I'm just happy that, you know, they have a chance to, you know, play in front of, a, you know, a crowd and, um, you know, and fans, you know, their parents, their friends. You know, uh, it's great for our alumni. I think our alumni have been so supportive of our student athletes, of our program. And, uh, you know, to give them an opportunity to get back on campus and to just, uh, you know, be on the sidelines, uh, you know, be on the, you know, um, you know, in SHI Stadium and, and around the team. Uh, I think that that's that's the exciting thing. It's it's it's, it's great for our, our players. It's great for our alumni. And, um, you know, if, if our fans, uh, you know, like following uh, some of the guys last year and, uh, and watching us on TV and the style of play, I think they're going to enjoy it even more, you know, following the names that they uh, remember from last year and, and seeing some of the new ones, uh, you know, put on that, uh, you know, white jersey uh, at SHI Stadium. A couple more for you, Coach. I uh, did want to ask just in terms of big picture, this is your 11th season coming um, with the program. Just in terms of Rutgers Athletic Department as a whole, obviously this past year was uh, really significant with so many programs making progress, winning, um, you know, multiple programs, winning NCAA tournament games uh, this past fall with field hockey and women's soccer, winning Big Ten uh, championships. How, how um, I guess, how does it feel to be not only a part of that success that's happening now, but also all the changes that have taken place with this uh, athletic department joining the Big Ten and your role in that change? Yeah, obviously, as, as a coach, it's exciting. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when you look at our student athletes, the camaraderie amongst uh, you know, all the student athletes, uh, 
from the women's lacrosse team, the, the basketballs, and and then uh, it just continues into the fall with with soccer and field hockey and uh, you know what wrestling and and basketball continues to do. So you know not just uh, performance wise, but you know listen, we've we've had two huge major you know buildings for our student athletes with the APC and now the Rodkin Center over the last couple of years. And I, I just uh, I've been in a lot of places uh, you know uh, and uh, as an assistant coach, as a head coach, and uh, you know enjoyed all my stops and the and everything that I've learned and the people I've uh, had a chance to spend time with, but, you know, the, uh, the resources here, you know, from uh, our academic advisors and, and, uh, and uh, nutrition and strength and conditioning and just uh, uh, the facilities, uh, you know, it, it certainly is, uh, you know, our student athletes, uh, you know, have a lot to be thankful for. And, and so do I. So it, it, I think it goes back to, you know, uh, you have, uh, you know, great guys in your program from freshman through senior year, you know, you, you look at, uh, you know, you know, Ryan Gallagher is someone that, uh, you know, uh, you know, has been a, a big part of our success, you know, uh, as a student athlete and uh, as a four year starter for us and now coming back for his fifth year. I mentioned Sanguinetti and, and K-Mish and, you know, you have a, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, Stephen Russo that were here at Rutgers, graduated and, and came back uh, to get a master's in the School of Business here at Rutgers, not just the transfers that are coming in for that master. So uh, I think the university as a whole has a lot to offer these young men and uh, our athletic department and, and Pat Haas in particular has certainly uh, provided the student athlete experience to be, you know, uh, best in class and, uh, and uh, at, a, at a high level. And I think that's, you know, as a coach, that's what you want to do. You want to give them a great experience. You want to provide them all the opportunities because you know, those four short, those short, those four years, go by uh, awful quickly. So uh, you want to make the most out of every single day and every single one of them. And last question for you, coach, uh, coming off last season, obviously second place, big 10 finish, you know, first uh, NCAA tournament win in over three decades, number nine preseason ranking in the media poll coming into this year. What are your expectations for this team and how will this team be able to accomplish that uh, this season? My expectations are to get better today and this week. And some of the things that we struggle with, uh, last week in the preseason workouts that we've had uh, in practice. So, um, you know, I, I think the rankings are great. Uh, our student athletes deserve everything that they receive as a team uh, individually. Uh, but I think uh, we all know that, um, you know, the end of the year is uh, where we want to be. We want to we want to have success with the 60 minutes we get for every game we play. Uh, we only have 14 of them. They're special. They need to be treated that way. The Big Ten is going to be a gauntlet. We need to, you know, be prepared for that when that time comes. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, if we take care of ourselves and we take care of Rutgers and we understand our plan and we do it to the best of our ability, I think uh, individually, you know, as a team, as a program, as a university, uh, we'll be exactly where we want to be uh, at the end of the season. Rutgers men's lacrosse coach, Brian Brecht, always a pleasure to speak to you. Best of luck this season and look forward to watching your team play this season. Thanks, Aaron. Always good talking to you, too. Have a great day. Thanks so much to Coach Brian Breck for joining us once again. Always great to talk to him about Rutgers men's lacrosse. Very exciting season ahead, I believe, for this program and looking to build on the success of last season. They had several years of just falling short of making the NCAA tournament. And with a breakthrough of last season, despite uh, obviously key departures with Charlene Bides, Mullins, and Kirst, uh, so much talent returning. Uh, I think this team will be more confident. And I think the experience of going through the process that they did and, and having that NCAA tournament experience under their belt will only benefit them. And now you bring in several uh, impact veteran uh, transfers 
that could really make a difference on this team. And I think the Big Ten, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shapes out this year. But I think the opportunity is there. Rutgers, you know, starts the year at number nine with media uh, poll. The coaches poll uh, has not come out yet. But uh, it's clear that this team is being thought of as a top 10 team once again. And I think it's it's being able to uh, grasp those expectations uh, and be able to prosper off them and continue to get better. And, and Coach Brecht continues to remain focused, I think, on the little things, which is important, uh, obviously, long term in keeping this program moving forward. So uh, look forward to watching their progress this season. In our next coming episodes, we'll have uh, Rutgers women's lacrosse head coach, Melissa Lehman. We'll also have Rutgers baseball coach, Steve Owens, um, in the next couple of weeks as they join us to preview their seasons ahead as well, as we continue to track all the winter sports also with Rutgers men's basketball and wrestling of note. And you can follow us daily at onthebanks.com for all our continued coverage of Rutgers athletics on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. You can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts on Apple uh, and anywhere else, including at onthebanks.com. Thanks so much for joining us once again here at On The Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.